to be able to be part of a move of God. Amen? I want us to pray right now and uh, just open our hearts. I have about 30 minutes, maybe a little more, give or take. Where's my clock? Thank you, Jesus. Do some of you guys think I'm texting? But I'm actually just putting the clock up. So those of you that thought that, you can repent now. And uh, but maybe I'm texting. Texting my wife. I'm like, I love you while I'm preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. So good to see everybody today. And it's so good to worship the Lord. Let's just, again, welcome a greater greater increase of his presence in this place let's lift our hands and just lord we we love you oh we love you god holy spirit come holy spirit just just saturate us lord just just wreck us god with your love we want to be known for people that we're just extravagant in our love god Break our hearts, Lord. Just open us up, God. Fill us to overflowing with your extravagant love. I want to be known as a lover of God. Never in a hurry when when we're in your presence, God. I want to be known as someone who loves to worship you and, and loves people, God, that will weep with those who weep, Lord. Long to mend the brokenhearted, God, and serve. Lord, we just humble ourselves before you and, and we just say yes. We say yes to the call of God on our lives as a church family. I thank you for the saints that you've brought to this place to be a part of this, the vision of this house, the strategies of heaven for this region. Lord, we declare right now your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you say that with me? Say, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I've always had this, this, uh, this desire to know more about communion and breaking bread i think that as a sometimes as a body of christ as a church it can be very religious you know it can be very ritualistic and we take the the juice and we take the cracker and uh and we we pray the scripture that says you know jesus broke the bread and and he said this is my body that was broken for you take and eat it Um, and then you know we take the juice and it represents the blood of the new covenant. And, and there's something mysterious about the Last Supper to me. There, I, I, just, I wish I could just go back in time and just watch that whole event that happened. And I began to look through the Gospels and the Lord was just speaking to me about this stuff. And, and uh, I began to look through the Gospels and every Gospel was a little bit different. And we're going to start a series and call it the Last Supper question um, or the first because we call it the Last Supper, but in reality, Jesus was actually instituting the First Supper, and He was saying, this is how it's supposed to be done. And it's not just juice and bread. It was the Passover. It was actually a big meal. Ooh, glory. The common meal is to be a place for you and I as believers 
to partake and receive Jesus together and allow God to tear down the walls, allow God to restore broken places in us, allow God to reveal things in us. We're going to get into this and we're going to talk about offenses. We're going to get into this and we're going to talk about the Passover. And there's so many things. I was just praying the other day and and I was just undone. I began to share with Rochelle and I'm, I'm talking about this stuff and there's this weighty glory of God in the car. You remember with the gas station, I'm just like, wow, there's something so real about this. And I, and it's mysterious to me because I'm, I've always, I've always thought, you know, as, as Protestants, um, you know, being that we're not Catholic or Orthodox, we don't partake of the Lord's Supper as an element every single Sunday, usually in most Protestant evangelical churches, right? And I just wondered about that. And, and so we're going to get into this because we're going to continue to do that. But I want us to, to really look at the scripture and understand that the common meal is partaking of the Lord's Supper. And there should be this reality of God's presence, this reality of sweet koinonia, the Greek word for fellowship, in intimate interchange of thoughts and emotions. Intimate interchange. And, and every time we eat, what if every time we broke bread, it wasn't just fun and games, it wasn't just, just enjoying the good food, hallelujah, but it was literally a welcoming of the presence of Almighty God saying, God, forge us together. God, reveal any offense in me. God, teach me forgiveness. God, I want to receive you more. I want to receive Jesus as I eat this food. We want to receive Jesus as we partake together. The common meal. Not just unleavened cracker, a matzah cracker, amen. Those are good to dip them in some hummus. Not, not just that, not just the juice, or for some of you, your Manischewitz wine. That's between you and the Lord. Some of us should just stay away from wine, you know, because there's some old wine bibbers in here that need not to tempt themselves. Amen. Amen. The appearance of evil. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so glad we're not religious, aren't you? It's so good to be free from that. You notice we're a little more laid back. It's just, we're just not religious. We just want to we just want to exemplify the fact that we don't put on a Sunday. Jesus never turned himself on and then off like I'm Jesus now in front of the crowds, you know. Hey, Peter, how do I look? You know, how do my eyebrows look? Yo, John, do I got any boogers? All right, because I'm about ready to preach, you know, to the, the 5,000, you know, Sermon on the Mount. Let me bring it. It was never like that. Jesus was Jesus all the time. Amen. So let's just learn to be us all the time. All the time. So the first supper. The first supper, not the last, because it was the first that he began to introduce the reality that this is, this is how it's done right here. And he, he showed them by example in John 13, 1. I'm going to read it here to you. And it says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. I love this part. It says he loved them to the end. Now, in the midst of this right here, 
John is writing and he knows what's about, you know, what's about to happen as he's writing. It had already happened in his mind and heart. He's knowing that Judas was about ready to be exposed. The betrayer. And we're going to look at in the life of Jesus how he dealt with offense. How he dealt with the spirit of offense. Because what happens is, is the spirit of offense comes in in the greatest hour of the need for unity. Always. And offense is not just people that have heart wounds. Yes, it can be attracted to heart wounds. The same way infection can be attracted to wounds that aren't healed and made whole. But offense is a spirit. It's a spirit that just loves to be offended. And I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it in my own heart. I'm not going to allow the offenses of people... I'm not going to be offended. Amen? And we're going to learn as a body not to be offended. I'm telling you, this is one of the greatest move of God killers. It's the, one of the greatest, it's a church splitter. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I ain't going back to church the way they did me wrong. And you know, well have some grace for God's sakes. Sure, you've done some people wrong too. And we're going to talk about this. And we're just going to, hey, we're just going to open up. Amen? Let's just open up our hearts. And, uh, and I love this verse. It says, Jesus loved them till the end. We've got to be a people that says, I'm going to love you till the end. And we're going to talk a little bit about the church, the assembly, because God puts people together for a reason. There's an apostolic grace upon a pioneer of a church. And we, we submit to one another in the fear of God. We submit to leadership in a healthy way. And there is what's called understanding the vision of the house. And there's what's called understanding in a healthy way, submission. And we're going to talk a little bit as a church, how we need to rise up and and come together in unity so that we can take our city. Because I'm not called to shepherd people. I'm called to raise up shepherds and send them out and plant churches and take Henderson for Jesus. We're not here to just build a church. We are here to advance the kingdom and Jesus is going to build his church. But we have authority and we're going to look this. I believe this will be a very good foundation. It's the DNA of our church, not just because we like to eat. That's a fat joke. Come on, somebody. Don't don't be messing with me now. Because we do like to eat. But you know what? God made food good for a reason. Hallelujah. And Jesus and you know, you if you begin to study the, the feast of the Old Testament They were to be enjoyed, and it was just because God loved His people. He says, just make sure you eat real good. Just eat and be blessed. And so the Passover's coming, and and John's writing here in John 13, 1. And there's something about this servant heart that we need to learn. Now, there's a difference between loving to serve and serving to love. Some people love to serve, and it's good. Some people love to serve and there's actually an underlying motive of of serving because we humble ourselves so we can be exalted. That's not serving. That's not real servant. That's not being a servant lover. I don't serve in church because God's going to promote me. I serve because I love. You see, I don't love to serve. I serve to love. There's a difference. The motive of Jesus to serve was not so in thousands of years they would look, look at this great teacher, rabbi, humbling himself, washing the disciples' feet. 
It was not just to be an example and look spiritual or look holy. He did it because it was his heart. He says, this is how you guys have to treat each other and it'll work. You want to be blessed. This is what you got to do. And they're dining together. They're eating together. During all of this, there were some things that were exposed. There was a betrayer exposed. Someone who walked with Jesus. He saw him raise people from the dead. I mean, Judas was, he was the treasure. He was in charge of the money. No wonder so many people get offended over money. Because, you know, the deception of it will grip people's hearts. And the, the lack of understanding will rob people of blessing. Finances are not, it's, it, you can't separate finances in your spiritual walk. You can't do it. It doesn't, it, you, I'm telling you, when, when we worship the Lord with our giving, it's so easy. It's not, oh, man, the offering. Oh, by the way, I need to give you some money to put on offering. It's not, it's not that. It's, oh, God, I get to worship you with everything that I am. My substance, my increase, everything. You own it all anyways, amen? And so Judas is about ready to expose. I want to I talk a little bit about what happened. There's another account in this moment where, and you know, it's interesting that, that always a need for unity, right? I mean, Jesus is about ready to depart. They needed to stay together. But what happened? The spirit of offense and betrayal tries to come in and break them and scatter them. It's never God's will for you to be scattered. Never. And it says here that during the meal, basically, this is what the Greek says, because we read it and it says, and as they ate, Judas, you know, what Satan put in his heart, he began to adhere to. During the meal, literally during this intimate moment of eating, and other gospel says, you know, it's, it's the one who dips his bread in the cup, or in, in, dips his bread, that's the one who will betray me. Jesus was like, you know, the one that double dips all the time? That's the one. So you double dippers, you better make sure that's not a character issue. Man, that's gross. Okay, I'm sorry. But Jesus, Jesus wanted to reveal this. But in this moment of intimate interchange, Judas, it says what Satan already put in his heart. It was a seed. It was already there. And he kept it alive. The desire for money, the desire for fame, whatever it was. Maybe he got offended because there was a lot of money coming in the ministry of Jesus. And they weren't giving enough to the poor. Who knows? Maybe that's what he thought. There was a point in the, in the time of his disciples where they, they, oh, no, why would you let her waste the alabaster box? We could have gave it to the poor. Jesus said, leave her alone. Hello? That's another message. It says in Luke 22, within minutes, I'm going to read it out of the message translation. They were bickering of whom would end up the greatest. The spirit of offense always instills something in us about promotion and exaltation and position and power. You see, it's not so much just pride. It's envy. The root of pride is usually envy, by the way. But it's the spirit of offense that comes in and immediately we're all talking about who's the greatest. Who's the greatest? Who's going to pastor this church in 10 years? Well, are Zach and Rochelle going to be there? They're going to plant churches. Well, who's, I want to pastor a church. Well, what's God calling? And everyone's thinking about all that when we should love each other till the end. And say, we're here to take Henderson for Jesus. Titles and promotion and oh, hogwash. 
The devil's a liar. Let's learn functioning in our gifts before we title ourselves. It says here, I'm going to read it. Within minutes, they're bickering about who would be the greatest. Jesus intervened out of the message. It says, kings like to throw their weight around and people in authority like to give themselves fancy titles. It's not going to be that way with you. Let the senior among you become like the junior. Let the leader act part of the servant. Who would you rather be, the one who eats dinner or the one who serves the dinner? You'd rather eat and be served, right? But I've taken my place among you as the one who serves. You know, and Jesus, in this time, he didn't, it wasn't a light issue that Judas was going to expose him. He didn't slander him. But he said it. There's, there's somebody here in an intimate environment. This one of you guys is going to betray me, just so you know. John 12, 46, he said, I'm the light that has come into the world so that all who believe in me won't have to stay any longer in the dark. You see, the spirit of offense lives in the dark. It lives in the place of murmurings and grumblings and complainings and disputings. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Behind closed doors. God hears every single one of those words that we sometimes bite off into the spirit of offense. That has come in the greatest hour of unity when God's doing, this is for our church, when God is doing something in our midst that is holy, how dare we give in to the spirit of offense and allow the enemy to come in and try to divide. God have mercy on me. God have mercy on us as a people. We should guard our mouths because it all starts right here. I'm not just talking about gossip. I'm talking about the thing that's in us that gets offended over everything. Pastor didn't say hi to me. You didn't say hi to me either. I'm offended at you for being offended at me. Let's all be offended. It's so stupid. Hello? Can I say that? Well, stupid, that's harsh. The Bible says God, some people have the spirit of stupid. It's in the Bible. You think I'm kidding. The spirit of stupor. Some people got the spirit of stupid on them and they need to be set free. Come on, somebody. I'm not mad. I love every one of you. I'm going to wash somebody's feet in a minute. I'm gonna sh- Jesus, he, listen, he said, one of you guys is going to betray me. It's just, hey, one of you guys is going to betray me. But he loved them till the end. He loved them till the end. You know how many times Rochelle and I have been slandered? We just love them. Oh, bless them. Recently, I said, let's send them a gift. Oh, shondabra kosaya. Send them a gift. Thank you for the time that we shared together in the kingdom of God. I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter. Amen? Now, it's interesting. When the fire gets turned up, you know if there's leaven in the bread. Because it rises. Puffs up. Rochelle recently, in her fabulous recipe of cookies. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes we do communion with them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Rochelle forgot to put baking soda and not enough flour. And we're looking at him in the oven. We're like, something doesn't look right. They look like they had liposuction or something. They're like flat and dark. And it was just weird. But we ate them anyways. And they were actually really good. But when the heat gets turned up, Leaven is manifested. 
And so God turns the heat up. And sometimes we think the enemy is he's trying to cause division. But the Bible says God approves those that are among us. Hello? And he's actually in re- referencing communion. Wow. We'll be looking at that soon. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He approves those among us because when the heat gets turned up, we know if there's actually leaven in that bread. So God's turning the heat up this morning. Can you feel it? Look at the person next to you say, I'm in the oven. I'm cooking right now. (laughs) And, And I love unleavened cookies. They're really good. Seriously. I think you should like Mark and Michelle. See, we, offense is one of the biggest problems in the church. If we, can, if we can learn to identify the spirit of offense in our own hearts, I'm not talking about, oh, they got the spirit of offense. Well, you probably do too, so look in the mirror, Jack. Amen? Is there anyone here named Jack? I wasn't talking to you. That's just kind of like a figure of speech. <laughs> just making sure this message is not turning out the way I thought. I think I got the spirit of goofy. I need deliverance. Ushers, help me. I want to read you some verses in the scripture here. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. If you've gotten anything out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Oh, Shabba Baba right there. Come on, somebody. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Verse 5. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of his deity, not his deity. He was fully God and fully man and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, he stayed, stayed human. It was incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever. So that all created beings in heaven and earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow and worship before this Jesus Christ. And call out in praise that he is the master of all. To the glorious honor of God the Father. One of the reasons that we, as a people, love to worship God is because God turns the heat up. And that stuff, you know, when we're on the throne and we're worshiping, we'll quickly get off that throne. Especially in an atmosphere of the presence. His hearts bend in the presence. I have a vision in, and I have a desire to see, and we're going to see it. We'll be gathering in another larger facility. And everyone in there, not because they were asked to, but because the presence of God is literally prostrate before God. Bend us, Lord. Remove the leaven. Just get it out. We're going to be talking about the Passover in this series. And 
the amazing things that symbolize some of the stuff we're talking about. Colossians 3.13 Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. You don't have any options. The Bible says walk in forgiveness. I love it in the, in the message. Be even-tempered, content with second place. Quick to forgive and any offense, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. Listen to it in the New Living. You must make allowance for each other's faults. Grace. Oh, you got plenty of room. Now, well, Jesus actually talked about that. Remember, how many times should we forgive our brother? Seven a day? What did he say? You know how many? You, how, that's 490 times in a day. Now, we're usually only awake about how many hours do we get? Eight hours? So conservatively, 16 hours a day that we interact with people. Most of the time, we're not around people all the time. If we were all day long, guess what that is? Every two minutes, somebody offends you. Jesus says, forgive them. Every two minutes. Every two minutes. I probably offended you every two minutes this morning. So just keep forgiving me. Love you. (laughs) Every two minutes. Jesus, make allowance, it says in the New Living, Colossians 3.13, for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You see, where there's a defense is usually an offense. I don't have the spirit of offense. We're either teachable or defensive, not both. Larry Titus told me that. We're either teachable or defensive, not one or the other. If we have a defensive, there's probably an offense. There's probably something that God wants to heal. But there might be a spirit of offense that has clung to your heart wound. And we have got got to repent and say, God, free me from this thing. Amen? I know this won't be a popular message, but I think in our church culture, we're the type of people, it's like, Lord, just, just remove it all, God. Get this leaven out of me. Amen? You see, our Christ-likeness and ability to walk in love is clearly seen in how much we retain or release offenses. I'm going to say that again. Our Christ-likeness and our ability to walk in love is clearly seen in how much we retain or release offenses. We like to blame our problems on a lot of other stuff. But I believe that there's a root of a spirit of offense that usually is a source of a lot of our problems. Usually. There may be other factors involved, heart wounds again, but this is what God wants us to kill, the spirit of offense. In the greatest hour of a need for unity, this spirit tries to attack bodies of believers. Jesus said, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Why do we cling to the old? Why do we cling to that offense? We've got to let go. We've got to learn that sometimes our ability to walk in love is seen, whether or not we retain. A lot of times we have selective retention. We will literally only retain things that feed our offense. Someone could be encouraging you and, and all you hear is one little phrase that you heard the wrong way, you perceived it wrong because of the spirit of offense and heart wounds and past experience 
and you didn't even get encouraged, which that, that's what God did. And no one else heard what you heard. But you retain, you have selective retention. Two people can hear the same message and one person's like, <sighs> another person's like, oh, glory to God, I'm changed. Hello? Jesus is in the midst of this. He's washing the disciples' feet in the story in John chapter 13. And he's exposing this. I want to share something with you. I believe that if we receive Jesus, we give up our right to be offended. You have no, the only right you have is to be a child of God. Believe in his name. Give you a right to become a, you have no right to be offended. None. Does it make sense? Well, it doesn't make sense to our flesh. You're right. Jesus gave us the example in this story. We're going to look at some verses that are very familiar to you, but what you may not have read before is that right when Jesus was betrayed, He said, don't forget, they're going to know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. He was glorified right in the, in the moment of his betrayal. And he didn't say one word. Some of the disciples were like, where's Judas going? He's going to get stuff for the Passover because he, he's the treasurer, right? Jesus didn't say anything. He could have right then said to the others that didn't lean in close, Jesus, who's the one? Jesus says the one that double dips, right? Zach paraphrase. He could have said to the rest of the 11, well... My disciples, Judas, he didn't say anything. When we receive Jesus, now that's what partaking of the Lord's Supper is, receiving Jesus in remembrance of Him. We need to receive more of Jesus because when we do, we give up our right to be offended. Blessed is He who's not offended because of me. Because once we get, once we receive Him, a lot of us are still offended at Jesus because he's saying, you've got to let all that go. We're still offended at Jesus. Because once we receive him, we give up our right to be offended at anyone forever. Hello? Great peace, Psalm 119, 165. Have those who love your law and nothing will offend them or make them stumble. There's no excuse for offense in the kingdom of God. Hello? It's quiet in here. I should say goodbye instead of hello. So y'all are probably never going to come back now. <laughs> Jesus said this about the enemy having nothing in him. He says, right after this, right after this. You think it was a temptation for Jesus to be offended at Judas? I'll not be talking with you much more like this because the chief of this godless world is about to attack but don't worry he has nothing in me no claim on me the bible talks about watch out for bitterness cuz it'll defile you hebrews 12 they were persecuted till the death he said don't get bitter and we're persecuted with little words here and there Little, very light affliction. And they literally were being killed. Don't, don't get offended. There's a story 
of somebody on the mission field in, in Mozambique, part of Heidi Baker's ministry. And uh, I might chop up the story. I didn't plan on sharing it. But I just thought about it. And there's a, a moment where a pastor is, he's preaching, and there's a bunch of Muslims, and they kill him. They literally just kill him. They cut his head off, cut his hands off. I think they cut his tongue out or something. And they send those parts to where he was from. His brother, who's also a pastor in another area, receives the package and opens it up. Devastated. This is my brother, who's a pastor. And he went over to just love people. Imagine the, the moment in his heart he could have been offended. He could have been mad. What would you do in that? I, I mean, I, I can't imagine. God forbid. I don't ever want to have to go through that. And this brother decides to love them till the end. And he goes to the area where the Muslims were. And he literally blessed the whole region. He gave stuff away. And he said, we publicly forgive you for killing this man. Thousands were saved. What a display of forgiveness. You see, Jesus left this great, great example. And we're going to look at this. I want us to, Rochelle, I want you to read this. And we're going to be closing. Derek, would you come up? We're going to demonstrate and illustrate. He left this great example for the First Supper. In John chapter 13, verses 5 through 17. You've got to take your shoes off, though. He's got insurance on his shoes, so we wouldn't want to. So the Lord humbles himself. I mean, can you imagine? In this day, they wore sandals. It wasn't like us today. I mean, Derek's feet are clean. He took a shower this morning. But in the, in the day of the disciples, they wore sandals and their feet were filthy. And somebody that washed someone's feet was the lowest servant of servants. There was a moment we had a leadership meeting and I felt like the Lord said, go down and pray for all the men's feet. Just humble yourself and pray for their feet. And I began to weep and I began to be broken. It was like this... God just put in the spirit in me, like just serve them, lift them up. The Bible says, bear with one another, lift each other up. And so Jesus leaves this example right here. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. So when he had washed their feet, And taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. You say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them.
What an example the Son of God leaves for us. In the moment of His betrayal, this is what He does. Can you think of people that offended you? Could you wash their feet right now? Could you humble yourself and just say, you know what, I'm sorry. And and whether I did anything wrong or not, whether you hurt me, I'm just going to humble myself. I'm going to love you till the end. He said, if you do this, you'll be blessed. So this is what you got to do to be blessed. Jesus didn't open his mouth when Judas left. Right after Judas left, I'm going to read this verse to you in closing. Right after he left, the moment he walked out the door, John 13, verse 31 through 35. So when he, Judas, had gone out, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified. Wow. Glorified. From glory to glory. And God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Listen, little children, I'll be with you a little longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say a new commandment I give to you. You've all heard the scripture, but listen, it was right after Jesus, Judas walked out the door. Literally, he walked out the door and Jesus says, this is what you got to do. Just love each other till the end. Here's the new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. You know how Henderson is going to know that where Jesus is? By the fact that we don't get offended anymore at all. Because we've given up our right as we receive Jesus. We've completely said, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive the sins. I'm not going to retain. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a person of mercy and grace. Just like you. We need to Ask God to remove. Lord, I just open my heart. Remove the spirit of fence from me. Let's close our eyes and pray. Lord, we thank you for this moment in your presence. We thank you that you're just doing stuff in our hearts. You're turning the heat up and the leaven is being exposed. In all of us, God, one way or another, we all can say, Lord, forgive me for holding on to offenses. Maybe it's an offense of a past ministry, which we have to let go because we're just going to carry it into the the new areas of ministry that we walk in. We've got to allow you to heal us, Lord, and we've got to allow us to see this in the Scripture, this powerful display of a servant lover named Jesus in the hour of his betrayal washes the disciples' feet. And what's known as the Last Supper, which really is the first because you instituted the breaking of bread in remembrance of you. You instituted this holy moment of dining together and receiving more of you, receiving your presence in the Passover that we can do as often as we eat or drink, Lord. And Father, I pray that in this moment, you would give us the heart of the Master that we'd love each other. 
and the world would know that we are your disciples. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. Lift your hands and we welcome you. And just, I want to ask you to just ask him right now, Lord, what do I need to let go of right now? Just let him tell, let, just let him speak to you. Come, Lord Jesus. Come and just touch the hearts. I speak the love of God to anyone in this room that's hurting, that has held on to offenses. I just, oh, God loves you. He loves you. It was never His will for people to hurt you, but it wasn't Him. You've got to forgive. You've got to let go. We've given up our right to be offended. So, Lord, right now, I just pray that you would baptize every heart in your love right now in the name of Jesus. We ask you to forgive us. We ask you to wash us. We thank you for your mighty presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If there's anyone here that you have ought against, go to them. And I want you to display the love of God to people around you before you go. We have about 20 minutes before next service. If you're staying, you're welcome to come to the front and pray in this atmosphere of prayer. So just take some time and love one another. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. Love you all very much. I just want to